This is the Triangle's Afternoon News with Rick and Donna Martinez. Well, one of the things that we're kind of kind of a conundrum is is that the United States greenhouse gases are actually coming down. However, our I'm happy en- about that. Yeah, but <laughs> our energy production is going back up. Now, how does that square? Well, we're fortunate to have uh, Don Vandervart, who at one point in time was the Secretary of Devar- Department of Environmental uh, Quality, and I was uh, privileged to serve uh, with him under uh, Governor uh, Pat McCrory, and I always liked uh, uh, working with Don because, generally speaking, I only had to genuflect twice when I went into his office, <laughs> his palatial office uh, down at uh, downtown. So, Don, thanks for, for being here. I appreciate you. Well, thanks for having me on. All right. Um, let's get right to this question here is, is that uh, the emissions of the United States have, have actually gone down. Most people don't know that. How, come, how has that happened? Well, it, it, primarily it is because of the revolution that is the hydraulic fracturing that uh, has gone on here in America for the last 10 or so years, uh, which uh, has made natural gas so abundant that it has become economic to actually fire to raise electricity, to raise steam for electricity. Mm-hmm. So when one uh, when a utility company who's charged with trying to keep their prices low is looking at new generation, uh, then uh, natural gas, a new construction natural gas plant, is economically competitive and uh, beats out the coal plants. Now you're saying cheap to you know natural gas plant is pretty cheap compared to a, a coal plant. Right, but it's both operating and capital. So the capital costs are a lot cheaper, yeah. but because the fuel costs have come down because of this, the supply going up, mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's overall it's cheaper. However, we have, you can't store it, and so we have to have more pipelines. And so the, we have a real, a real irony uh, with the environmental uh, folks. Uh, they don't want pipelines, uh, but they want uh, lowered CO2. So uh, <laughs> you know, which is it? The thing they wanted was the clean power plan, which they didn't get. And but but the promises on the clean power plan, which the U.S. Supreme Court said no can do to, um, was that you had to have this really heavy federal regulation in order to see a decrease in emissions. But yet we're seeing the decrease in emissions, and clean power plan isn't in effect. Right. What they wanted was uh, some excuse for federal control over our electricity generating system. Uh, the the uh, CO2 costs, uh, CO2 emissions were already coming down because of natural gas, and uh, this was their way of actually imposing a, a strict federal uh, structure, superstructure on uh, the states. Uh, that didn't work, and yet our CO2 emissions continue to decline unabated, unabated by the Supreme Court stay on that uh, very, very, very heavy regulation. What's been the reaction of uh, the supporters of Clean Power Plan to this data? I mean, it's indisputable. The, the 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 it's funny. It's two things. First of all, they still think they the 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 hangers on still think they need that. Uh, they still want, they don't have what they want, which is control of our, our electricity generating system. But others now have changed and said that you know really natural gas is a super pollutant, and so now they're now going after natural gas uh, as a as a very much a super global warming. Uh, that's uh, Don Vandervart. He is the former Secretary of Devir- Department of Environmental Quality. And uh, when we come back, we'll tell you why he's so smart. This is the Triangle's Afternoon News with Rick and Donna Martinez. We're here with uh, D- uh, Donald Vandervart. He is the former uh, Secretary uh, at the Department of Environmental Quality for the state of North Carolina. He currently is a senior fellow at uh, the John Locke Foundation, and of course his expertise is the environment. He's written a pretty um, eye-opening 
column for North Street Journal, and it, in essence, that uh, kind of lays out that the United States is actually one of the leading countries, if not the leading country, in the reduction of greenhouse gases. Yet we are. Uh, it's basically because we're producing more energy, more clean energy, particularly uh, when it comes to natural gas. Now, uh, Don. You're a little bit different in most secretaries at at the cabinet level. Your predecessor, John Scavarla, uh, had, actually ran an environmental services company, but he was he's a businessman, born, bred, and such. You're a scientist. Tell us about your uh, academic background. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I'm a I have a, a doctorate in chemical engineering and uh, worked for a while for the oil companies, but then got into the environmental field. Mm-hmm. For, I think, the right reasons at the time. This was a long time ago. Uh, Rick, you all were probably still uh, in, in running around uh, in high school. But, uh, Bless you. <laughs> at, that, at that time, the, uh, uh, you know, I had seen a lot in working for oil refineries, and, and uh, I was interested in, uh, in, in participating. Mm-hmm. Now, that was a long time ago, and now there have been tens and thousands of uh, pages of rules that have come by since. None of which are, are are removed. They always stay. I mean, uh, most companies don't use 40-year-old technology in their business, but in the environmental field, we're using 40-year-old programs, 40-year-old rules. Um, but along the way, I got a, a, a law degree as well because I thought that would help. And, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, working for, for the uh, state for 24 years, uh, you pick a few things up. And I, and that's my point, folks. I mean, this this isn't a buddy of Pat McCrory who he said, hey, why don't you run DEQ? You basically started at the ground uh, and worked your way up to the point where you became uh, a cabinet secretary of environmental quality because, one, you're a nice guy, but two, you know your stuff because you've been in the field for for you know, forever in a day. Sure, and and you've got to credit the governor. I, I don't think any governor would have would have done that. I think mm-hmm. they're they're too concerned about uh, politics. Governor McCrory is interested in getting the job done, and he was then. And so, uh, yeah, uh, Governor McCrory and John Scavarla both uh, helped out on that. And mm-hmm. I think it was a great. Uh, I think it was an inspiration to folks working in the at the staff level. Yeah. Uh, that you can make it that way. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very uh, inspiring, I think. You know, Don, one of the, the interesting things about this piece that is uh, published uh, by the North State Journal that you wrote about this is this chart of the 10 countries with the largest reductions and the 10 countries with the largest increases in CO2 emissions. And it's shocking, frankly. And here I am thinking, you know, I know a lot of stuff. I'm a free marketer. I understand about natural gas and fracking and all that. I did not realize that the, the United States is at the top of the list for reductions. And then I'm looking and I see these countries like the European Union as uh, towards the bottom of the list of people or entities with increases in emissions. If you listen to the talk of world leaders, you would think it's the opposite. Right, and and I think I put, point out that one of the largest increases is coming from China, which uh, you know I, I get it. They're trying to develop their uh, energy infrastructure, but uh, you know all we hear about uh, is uh, the, the United States, and uh, you know us uh, when we when we uh, pulled out of the uh, Paris Accords, that was some kind of a high crime. Uh, the fact of the matter is, we're already leading the world in in CO two reductions. And uh, I think, uh, you know, to strap us down or handicap us in some way, first of all, is not needed. And second of all, it, it, it's not right. Do you think it's going to continue, the reductions? I think it will. I think that uh, one thing that concerns me is that I think we need to pay attention more to uh, nuclear power because ultimately 
Uh, we need a diversity, and nuclear power is clean. Uh, China and India are also uh, ramping up their nuclear uh, power plant construction. It's a technology we need to keep right here in the United States. So it's very important that we retain that and develop it. You but, know, go ahead. But everything that I've read about nuclear is that we're we're looking at decommissioning. Right, and that's and that's uh, I, I mentioned that in the article. One of the problems here is we've we've so incentivized. Uh, other forms like solar and wind that uh, we've forced essentially utilities to buy everything that comes out of the uh, these plants. Well, that cannibalizes revenues from existing power plants like nuclear. And, uh, you know, it, it, that's a real shame. Bought and paid for nuclear plants are extremely cheap power. You know, the financing is a big deal, but they last for a very long time. So we've got Duke is even considering decommissioning a power plant that's bought and paid for. It generates the cheapest electricity on their system, and yet they're considering having to shut it down because they are being forced to buy power from these other uh, these other sources. You're talking like uh, solar and um, well, anything green, wood chips, and all that sort right. of thing. Right, and 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 the problem with those is is that when the sun shines in the afternoon, we have to it, we, they have to buy everything that's produced. That makes us ramp back everything else, including nuclear. And nuclear plants can't be ramped back very well, and so they're going to have to shut those that one unit down, and they're going to have to replace it with gas turbines because they're more flexible and more transient. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's not the right answer long-term, but you're going to see a continued increase in the use of natural gas. Now, here's the thing that Rick will always tell me when he and I debate about nuclear, because I'm much more of a supporter than he is, because he always comes at me and says, but what about the storage? Where are you going to put it? Yeah. You know, and story, we've heard that ever since you uh, you had uh, a crush on Jane Fonda. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, the issue isn't an Have issue. Have you seen the pictures back from the 60s? <laughs> the, the, All right. The, come on. <laughs> wife in the room. <laughs> and she's sitting on that gun in Vietnam. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. But the fact of the matter is 30, 40 years hence, and it's still not a problem. Uh, you know, you know, Yucca Mountain is something that we ought to explore. Uh, we sat down, Governor McCrory and I sat down with the Secretary of Energy under Obama. They, uh, they, they defunded it. They were not interested in it. But it isn't a problem. It's just like – As long as you got water and Sharon Harris, we're fine. That's right. God well, forbid that that water goes down. Well, there's another fallacy about landfills. Do you probably think there, we don't have enough landfill space? We've got tons of oh, landfill tons, no, space. No, that, that – Oh, now all of a sudden you know about it. Okay. Right. I know my stuff here. All right, Pop, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, fake news, not about the politics – but about the environment. This is the Triangle's Afternoon News with Rick and Donna Martinez. Former Secretary of the, the Department of Environmental Quality for North Carolina is uh, Don, Donald Vandervark. He's here. We're talking. First of all, he's got a great piece in the North State Journal uh, that you may um, be surprised to find out that even though we pulled out of the Paris uh, piece or the Paris uh, a climate well, we accord out, and all that. Yeah, well, well, the guess, clean power plan is what he's talking about in this piece about how um, that was supposed to be the savior and make sure that emissions were lowered. But actually, it's the free market that's doing that. Yeah. And basically, folks, the United States of America leads the world in the reduction of greenhouse gases. How the heck did that happen? Right. OK. Well, Don uh, explains it. And and Don, that that's a your piece is probably um, a great example of why can't we talk about the facts when it comes to environment? You said that now the environmentalists are going uh, after natural gas, even though it's natural gas that allowed the um, 
that's pretty much the reason that our emissions are going down. Uh, why can't we uh, talk about the truth when it comes to the environment? Well, we have to make a distinction. I mean, there are there are many people who are are seriously concerned about the environment, and I think rightly so. And they are legitimately uh, interested in the in the facts, and that, and that and that's what they discuss. But there is another uh, group that has sort of co opted the environmental movement into a more political weapon. And uh, and I think there are there are those that, for example, the case you you just uh, described, which is you know for years and years, the uh, true environmentalists were very happy to to see solid fuel fired boilers go to natural gas, whether sure. it's coal or whether it's even wood. Uh, natural gas prices were pretty high at the time, so it was difficult. Now natural gas is very cheap, and I think a lot of people, a lot of environmentalists, uh, recognize that that's still a good thing. But there are others who are are more interested in using this environmental narrative to try to gain control uh, over various parts of our lives. And and I think those are the ones that have now morphed into the, no, natural gas is a super pollutant, which uh, is uh, – Baloney. You know, well, it's certainly difficult for us to, to fathom. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's the you, – you, you have to make that distinction between these groups of people. For those who are – concerned about greenhouse gas emissions and uh, who believe that, you know, that that really is um, the beginning of the end um, for the planet, wouldn't they be the most ardent supporters of nuclear? In fact, they are if you go to California. You go to California, you've got a group of – a large group of folks who I think are are well-informed and they recognize they've they've been ahead of the curve on on a lot of these issues, and there's a very strong movement there to to move to nuclear uh, power. Uh, Bill Gates uh, is a, is a big supporter of uh, of uh, nuclear nuclear power, and and it makes sense at so many levels. It's not just CO two, by the way. I mean, from my standpoint, it's a it's a no regrets policy because it, it, there aren't any emissions of sulfur dioxide. There's not any nitrogen oxides uh, uh, pollution. No particulate pollution. Uh, it is a very, very clean energy source. It's also uh, relatively cheap once the financing is taken care of. Plants nowadays can be can be can be built. That's a fallacy. That's a fallacy. No, the, the plants can now be built to to run for one hundred years, and they financing. Tell Westinghouse always, that. Well, financing is always based on forty years. So you're right. It's a hard <clears throat> nut to try to get these things financed. But if you look at the, our power generating, so if you call up Duke right now and ask him what their cheapest power is. It's from their nuclear plants that they bit the bullet on years ago and paid too much, you thought, and yet those things are still humming at 90-plus percent capacity factors, and they do not generate pollution. Okay. I want to talk about renewables because, you know, here's the other, fa- you know, f- you know, fallacy. I could care, you know, I could care less where my power comes from, uh, per se. I just want, you know, I just want to know what the costs are and what the benefits are. Renewables, I don't get why environmentalists continue to, uh, you know, plug for solar because, by the way, the chemicals that are used to to make uh, uh, solar cells are not environmentally friendly. Uh, usually, when it comes to solar farms, you're that's not the best use of the land is to you know, basically go fallow under a, a, so, a solar panel. Biomass is a joke, has been a joke, will always be a joke. Here's the problem with biomass: it doesn't have any power in it and uh, now to that point if you really the most the best environmental um form of energy is conservation you can save buku bucks and if if rick martinez's tax money is going to support solar or support conservation the economics is is that you know hey 
you know, help pay to to, to um, insulate somebody's house as opposed to you know do a solar panel. Right, and and you know, I'm going to say I'm I'm not a total uh, anti-solar per- person. It what you know, incentives are good when you're trying to develop a technology. Uh, it's not never going to reach the kind of penetration we need until we have some cost-effective storage. And we don't have that right now. And and so I think that it was an experiment. We took it to a, a new level. Uh, but it is not anything we can rely on. Uh, you what, know, questions now about Gen X? Sure. That's another. Uh, you know, I thought Rick was going to add that to his litany. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> he left that one for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are now. I mean, I, uh, I read an article, uh, I think, in North State Journal again, where uh, the, uh, there was an EPA scientist who recognized that some of the uh, coatings that are are, are actually sold for solar panels are made from Teflon. That's going to contain either Gen X or PFOAs. Whether that's significant or not, I don't know. I know that the EPA is looking into that. Uh, but, you know, North Carolina, Eastern North Carolina, you know, solar farms are u- u- ubiquitous. Uh, so if there is an impact, I think we need to we need to investigate. Okay, we've got about a minute left with you, and I've got to address this because your name has been bandied about uh, a lot of folks at in North Carolina, some in Washington, who are thinking that uh, you might be uh, the the possible replacement at EPA for Scott Pruitt. Well, I would certainly like that, but I don't know where they are on that. I, I do know that, uh, you know, I think they've got their hands full with the confirmation hearings for the next Supreme Court justice. And then you've got the elections coming up. Um, but, um, you know, I'm certainly eager to help. Don Vandervart, uh, he was the secretary of the Department of Environmental Quality. He is now a senior fellow at the John Locke Foundation. Of course, that's an organization I'm also associated with. Don, it was a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you all.